Welcome to The Positivity Effect, where paying it forward and doing something positive in someone's life can provide them with the confidence and motivation to do the same for someone else. Like a stone dropped into a lake, let's create a ripple effect of positivity throughout our world. And it begins with your host, Dr. Thomas Retcher. Hey, what's going on, guys? Dr. Tom here, and you're listening to The Positivity Effect, episode number 116, Wisdom from a Yogi. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. As always, to stay in tune and in touch with my insights from today's episode, just text the word POSITIVITY to the number 44222. Today, I have on Michael Cohan, and he's also known as Makunda Chandra. And Michael is dedicated to helping his clients and students find balance in all aspects of their lives, whether it's emotional, spiritual, mental, or physical, or all four. He's a certified health and lifestyle coach and a 500-hour registered yoga teacher who works with others to help them restore balance in their lives by helping them make healthier and more conscious lifestyle choices. And we have a, a wonderful chat today. We went a little bit long, uh, longer than usual, but it was just so much fun. And we really got into a lot of interesting topics. We talked a lot about food as well, because I had recently made a shift myself uh, where I began really making more of a lifestyle change to eat more uh, vegetables, to be more of a vegetarian. I actually haven't had any meat uh, since the summer. Uh, but that's just my my journey. doesn't mean it has to be your journey. And I'm here sharing it and and Michael actually is a vegan as well, and he talks a little bit about how that impacts his life and how he implements that into his life. So we get into a whole bunch of other things, and I just want to point out that this episode was recorded a little while ago uh, before I actually got married, so you guys are going to be hearing me say uh, my fiancé, but as you know, as already, we already are married as of September 30th. So guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. It's going to be a great episode. So get yourself into a positive state, get yourself amped up, and help me welcome now to The Positivity Effect, Michael Cohan. Mike, what's up, man? Welcome to The Positivity Effect, or should I say welcome Mukunda Chandra. Hey, what's going on, Tom? I'm so, or do you go by Tom or Thomas? You guys, let's go by Tom. You know what? I like to confuse my audience. I go by Thomas, I go by Tom, and they get so upset with me. <laughs> All right, I'll go by Tom because you told me to go by Tom. Uh, I'm really excited to be here, and I hope this uh, show is going to be really positive for your listeners. Absolutely. No pun intended. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, Mike, thank you for coming here as well. And, and I tell everybody all the time that I get just as much out of this, uh, being on this time with you as well. And I really appreciate your time as well and being here and sharing. And we, you know, we had a few minutes just before to talk about a little bit about your life. And, and I liked what you said right before we jumped on about how all of your experiences in life, you wouldn't trade them for the world. And that's why you are here today. And, and I believe in that too in my own life. The, the color of our lives, that's how when we understand that we can, even if we've gone through negative things throughout our life or difficult situations, it's all about how you look at it. It's perspective. And you can use those those things that you went through and you can help other people and you can share those stories with other people. And, and you never know when somebody's listening and when they're listening hard and, and when they're going to be learning from you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, you're, you're talking about a really interesting topic that I get asked a lot as a yoga teacher when I am teaching the philosophy of yoga. Um, people say... Why do good things happen to bad people? Common, I'm sure your audience driving down the road, people are like, I'm doing everything right. I'm living right. I'm eating healthy. I'm being mindful. I'm good to my neighbors. I'm good to my friends. I work hard at work. And then all of a sudden, I lose my job. And the viewpoint of mm -hmm. yoga under the principles of karma, that you losing your job was automatically going to happen. There was nothing you can do about it. It's out of your control. You did all the right things in life, you worked really hard, but for whatever external reasons, whether your company downsized or your company, whoever's 
running your company isn't doing a good job and your company is no longer financially viable to be able to support you, you're going to lose your job. The free will is how you handle that situation. And if you handle that situation as this is a challenge in my life to make me a better person, that pain is your teacher. Yes. And that makes that makes you a better person to grow in some sort of facet of your life. Or you take that challenge and you say, woe is me, everybody's picking on me, it's everybody else's fault, then you suffer. The suffering is the free will, whether you choose to suffer or not in any situation. In yoga, it's we can say it's not being attached to the highs and lows in life. Because, you know, somebody once told me too that, and it's kind of right along the lines of, of what you're describing is any, any situation that you go through, albeit whatever the, the effect it's having on you, if you look at it with either appreciation or curiosity, you're, you're always going to win because even always, if, yeah. Cause even if it's something that's bad, that's happening to you, you can appreciate that whatever that's, that bad thing is, you're going to learn from that and you're going to, you're going to take, take it to a different level or you're going to help yourself or someone else from learning from that experience. Absolutely. So you said, woe is me. Um, that's, a, that's a phrase I think we all catch ourselves saying to ourselves at one point in our lives. So Mike, why don't you take us to a moment in your life when it was, there was a woe is me moment and, and how you kind of learned from that through, again, it's usually not a snap you know, decision. All of a sudden you learn it, it takes time or it's a process. Well, let's give one that's rather recently when, from a couple years ago. I came from, uh, as you and I were talking about before we got on, got on the show, I came from a very corporate background. And I've been practicing yoga for over 15 years. And I thought when I decided to leave my job in corporate America to become a yoga teacher, because I've been practicing yoga for 15 years and I knew all these great yoga teachers, that I was gonna be this super successful yoga teacher overnight. And in one year from leaving my corporate job and trying to make a living as a full-time yoga teacher, I found myself broke, went through $40,000 worth of savings because I went from living making $200,000 a year to making $800 uh, a month in debt credit card and having to move back home with my parents and live in my parents' basement. And I had a choice there. I could look at my life and say, you know, this is a point where I can learn to be a better person. I can learn how to make this work as a yoga teacher and I can be and I can become the best version of me or I can blame this on other people and either live in my parents' basement for the rest of my life or I can go get a corporate job again that I don't like, but the choice is up to me. So I decided to take that opportunity and to start learning how to be an entrepreneur. And I went to Integrative Nutrition and became a health coach. And then I went to Tony Robbins' course, core training program and became a life coach. And I took that challenge in life where at 38 years old, I was living at home in my parents' basement, which I was very fortunate of, and said, you know what, this is a learning place for me to become a better person and to become the best life coach, health coach, and yoga teacher that I can be. And I spent two years building my brand and my business. That's a profound insight. I mean, easily somebody else going through that same situation right now can be like, why am I, why me? Why am I in my parents' basement right now? Why am I not where I should feel that I should be? And I'm sure that that thought had crossed your mind. But the fact that you said, no, I'm going to take this time now to better myself and to improve and, and, and really capitalize on this opportunity. And you, you looked at it as an opportunity. That's what I think is really key right there. I looked at it as an opportunity, but I don't want to think about it in this like very glorified way. Like you know how when you right. go to those like like conferences that you and I go to, yes, and you get on, you have these like young people on stage these days, and they're like, "I'm all in," and I quit my <laughs> job, and I just dropped everything to be all in, and now I'm super successful. Right. I thought about that. Right. Because it's not easy. I, if I had to do it over again, and and if anybody ever asked me that advice, I would say, go in steps, like pivot, like 
Don't just yes. jump all in. Take one foot where you're at and step in another direction and pivot to where you want to go. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. It was very hard and very lonely. I was very sad. But I chose to better myself instead of wallowing in the mis- in my misery. I chose to like start to develop healthy habits. I decided that I would I looked at my business and said, what skills do I need to develop as a yoga teacher to earn a living? What, what do I need to do? Then that's that led me to integrative nutrition to become a health coach because I didn't have enough training as a yoga teacher to make a living where people were willing to pay me a hundred $200 a session for me to help them with their whatever journey they, they were on. So I had to then go and discover ways to learn that. Instead of sitting there and saying, I'm awesome, people should know that, they should just trust me. Right. So with that journey that you just described, because right, right, it's not, it wasn't just a boom. What were some of those I would I don't say side effects, but the fact you know everybody's listening. You keep mentioning yoga, and that's that that this is something that's so deeply ingrained into you now. What started to change in you as you start to really go down this path of yoga or coaching? Of yoga. Well, the yoga journey is way before me moving into my parents' basement. Yoga gave me the tools I needed to get off the couch and to look at my life and to find space to examine who I was as a person. The practice of yoga is not what we see today. And I was very fortunate that when I got into the practice of yoga, it was a very subculture movement. It was before Lady Gaga practiced yoga, before there was a Lululemon. And I love Lululemon. I'm wearing a Lululemon shirt right now, so I'm not knocking the clothing line. It just was less mainstream, and it was less about the physical and more about the spiritual, where when you practice yoga, you came to a yoga studio to move through the different postures or asana to find space in your body and in your mind to look at your life and go, what needs to be fixed? What's not, what, where's my disconnects mentally and spiritually? What negative thought patterns are going on in my subconscious mind? In yoga, we call them samskaras that I need to either overlay with more positive information or what areas of my life am I living that are automatic, that are unhealthy? I could give you a perfect example related to diet. I have a habit. I love donuts. If, if anybody ever wants to be, like, do something nice for me, bring me a vegan donut and I'm your best friend. I love a donut. Like vegan donuts, vegetarian donuts are my favorite food in the whole wide world. I will drive an hour for a good vegan donut. When I'm driving down the road and I'm tired and I get hungry, I have a tendency to want to do the quick fix and I will drive into Dunkin' Donuts and get a donut and a cup of coffee. That's a bad habit. That's an automatic response subconsciously that when I get hungry, I go into Dunkin' Donuts. The food, it's, so I have to learn to develop healthy habits of crowding out that negative habit. Instead, go into the grocery store and buying apples and pears and granola bars and sticking a couple in my car when I'm driving so when I have that ha- I get hungry and I have that habit of going into Dunkin' Donuts, I have an easier overlaying habit that's easier for me to get to that crowds out that negative pattern. And so then instead of eating the donut, I eat the apple or I eat the granola bar or I eat that good piece of chocolate that's in my car because then I don't have to get out of the car so it's easy for me because I'm lazy by nature like everybody else. Right. Mike, let me ask you, um, f- for you specifically, yep. why healthy eating? When I eat healthy and I have a clean diet, I feel better about who I am as a person. I look better in the mirror. I have that little bit of an extra glow. I feel like women find me more attractive and I like women, I like women so I want women to like me. I am able to think clearer and I'm able to achieve what I want to achieve in life. Like when I eat healthy food, I have higher energy. So I can set out and do the goals I want to accomplish in this lifetime. And I'm 40 and I'm in a business of young people and I need to be able to keep up with those young people. And the only way I can do that is by eating good food, 
Now, it's not about restricting my diet. I mean, I still love a good chocolate, piece, good piece of cake, and I love pizza, and I do eat those things. But I eat those things in moderations as a reward, not as a lifestyle habit. Well, I, I also, myself, I recently started eating more vegetarian. I also started having more of a vegan lifestyle myself. And the, I guess the reason I asked you too is because I really noticed, like you said, it's it's not about depriving yourself, almost more of a reward. But also, I guess for many of us, there's there's not a lot of awareness or mindfulness about the food that we eat. No. And I started right raising that, yeah. And, and the more I've noticed in my pa- the past year of my life, it's it's really it's perf- it's powerful when you really start to think about the food that you're putting in your mouth. Not only just you know what it's doing for you, you know how it's converting into energy and you know muscle cells and fat cells, whatever, but also where maybe where it's coming from. It's just it's really it's a it's a pretty amazing process or amazing thing to think about when you really look at your food and where it's coming from and how it's being made and and all of those things that go into that. Well, uh, let me let me add a little. Let's let's go into a little bit of the esoteric side of food. How about that? Because it's not already, it's not talked about enough. And, you know, we have a disconnect in our food chain supply these days. And this, the food that we eat, the food that's in the grocery store is garbage. I mean, it is 90% of it's garbage and it's addictive because it's full of corn syrup and sugar and it's fattening. And everybody knows it's bad for you and everybody still eats it because it's as easy it's just easier to buy the processed food because we're all overworked, we're all overstressed, and we're all overcommitted. And from a spiritual standpoint, as a yogi and not as a life and health coach, and as a person of faith, I believe that every person and every being, whether it's a blade of grass to you, to me, to a cow, to a cat, is a soul. It's a life, right? That your life and my life is no different in value than a cow or a pig or a cat. That I don't see the difference between a household dog and a household cat and a cow. And if I don't eat a cow and I don't eat a, if I don't eat a cat, why should I eat a cow? Why do I place value on one animal versus another animal from a spiritual standpoint? Right. From another spiritual standpoint, <coughs> the food we eat is who we become. And if we eat food that is violent in nature, that is made through the suffering of people and animals, and not just like animals in terms of the vegetarian, but not just that, but the people who grow the food, who live a substandard living, and and the the food that, that the actual plants are suffering because they're sprayed with chemicals because you don't like being sprayed with chemicals. So if you and I don't like chemicals sprayed all over me, why would a plant like that also? So if the food that we eat is suffering and is violent and we eat that, we become that which we are suffering. So we then if we become that negative energy because food is energy, food is life. Right, right. And it's, I think for so many of us, if we're speaking about America specifically, that there's the, the awareness level, including myself for a very long time, we don't, like you, you mentioned something, I think that was very key. You said that we all know it, but I, I think it's something that we all know, but a lot of us turn a blind eye to it or we don't want to, we don't want to, cause it's like you said, it's just easier cause we're overworked, we're stressed, we're tired. I've never met or have never had more of a visceral reaction to people when it comes to food mm-hmm. than any other subject. Politics, religion, you name it, is an easier conversation to have than when I talk to people about food. Like, just at the dinner table where people are like, I don't want to talk about where the cow comes from. I don't want to talk about where the vegetables come from. When I talk about organic food and why we should eat organic. But it's not, you know, like, you do your best so I'm not telling all your audience just to shop organic. If you are making you know, $10 an hour, you're not going to go to Whole Foods and buy organic food because it's financially not viable for you. But you can eat a healthy right. vegetarian, 
plant-based diet mostly and be healthier and care about what you buy and instead of buying the processed you know hungry man's dinner you can be mindful and buy you know fruits and vegetables and occasionally buy those animal products that as a spiritual yogi I don't recommend and be careful and be mindful of how you live your life because what you the food you eat here affects how somebody else lives down their street and we have to be mindful as people in modern society to understand that our diet matters that if we want to make the world a better place and we're upset with the way our the people at work treat us and we're upset with our political system and we're upset with the corruption of government and the corruption of our society our easiest change is to start with ourselves and the easiest way to start is through diet that's the simplest way to start changing the world and instead of sitting there and preaching and going on a soapbox and telling people how to live your, our lives and complain we decide to eat more mindfully and if every and that's the beginning of the revolution it's so powerful because sometimes a lot of us can feel powerless to making change in our in our communities in our families in our societies in the world and it and it comes down to how we're spending our dollars how we're spending being mindful with our money and i think it's it, it's most important at home with the family it starts it starts especially if you have a family with if you have kids and and if you have that that choice like you said it starts with yourself you make change within yourself first but um i think sometimes it's uh, maybe families are wondering how to make that change and it, and it starts with yourself it all comes down to what you're doing putting in your mouth if you don't feel good about yourself and you don't feel like you're moving forward in life then you're not going to care about the food you eat food is comfort and when you're and i know for a fact when i'm tired and I'm upset. I don't want an apple. I don't want a pear. I don't want a salad. I want French fries and a grilled cheese. <laughs> that's what I want, and that's going to make me feel comfortable. And and it's like temporary. It's so temporary. So fleeting. It's crazy. Ten minutes later, I feel awful again. <laughs> but that's so. It ha you. It starts with how we feel about ourselves. And diet is, it's sort of like that yin and yang, like what comes first is diet or working on our spiritual mental well-being or our diet well-being. They both have to be worked on at the same time. And as a health coach, we talk about this as primary foods. We take part, we, we and I, I made a gift to your audience, I sent you that email. Uh, yes, thank you so much. Yeah, we're gonna. I'm gonna share that at the end. I'm really excited about that to give it that to right. everybody. And so, if, it's awesome. And so we call. So if they go to, uh, do you mind? Can I say the website? Yeah, right. absolutely. I'm just being polite, you know. Uh, so if your audience goes to yourwellnessyogi.com/backslash/positivity, they will be able to get a free workbook that will help them set goals and live life more mindfully and give them a way to start. Within awesome. that workbook, there's a thing called the circle of life. That circle of life was made really popular through integrative nutrition, but Tony Robbins does it also. And it's about looking at different areas of your life, career, relationship, finances, and there's, different, there's 10 different parts of your life. And looking at the parts of your life that aren't being fulfilled, that are low on that scale of one to 10, and those low numbers on those scale, when you're, those parts of your life are suffering, that's where you need to improve to live more mindfully, and that helps with your diet. So if you're in a negative relationship, and, or you have a toxic relationship with, let's say, your parents or your spouse, you're not going to care about the food you eat or how you live because you're always in this state of negativity. So you know you have to work mm -hmm. on this area of your life, that, that relationship, to improve your diet or if you're not exercising and you're always sedentary how are you going to care about your career you're not you know somebody once said I, I think I heard it recently that one of the, the the most positive things you can do in a moment of stress or maybe you have an argument with your spouse or you're upset about something at work 
is to not eat something. <laughs> like if you don't eat in that moment and you get past that moment, it's like one of the best things that you can do for yourself internally because you're not feeding into that negative energy. You're not feeding into that having that comfort food like you mentioned. And that's kind of why I wanted to focus this episode about food a little bit, especially with your background of of how you've raised, you know, you're always focused on personal growth and raising your awareness and, and being focused around yoga is a, a lot of my listeners know that I have, <clears throat> excuse me, I have my fiance on the show. Uh, we do a little Sunday show once Aww. in a while and, and we're getting, yeah, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. She's, she's great and everybody knows a lot about her and, and uh, we're getting married soon. Where are you getting married? Is that a secret? Uh, no, it's what's well, out east on Long Island. Uh, nobody knows the the, the place, but they know the they know it's the date. They know Is the it date. The cliffs of and, um, I I wish that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> it's out in wine country. Okay, I know. And, um, then I could probably guess where you're getting married. Yes, you, we'll we'll talk after. <laughs> the the um, I I caught myself. It was recently, and she knows it too. Like we had we had a little um argument about something that was really obviously I think it was more it was me it was really just me being stressed about everything and not opening up about the stress that I had I was holding it internally because we have a lot going on we just purchased a house we we had the wedding coming up all these other things and I I strove right to food that was my comfort and I've been eating pretty healthy for the last couple months Mm -hmm. really really on and I felt great and she knows it and it was really showing through to everybody around me as well and once I I, and because I've been so much more self-aware these last few years, I caught myself right away and, and I was able to reflect on it. I was like, holy cow, like because of how I felt about how I treated her and I, was, I felt poorly, I really felt like I treated her in a poor manner, maybe the way we had a conversation and I stepped back and I was like, I just, instead of reflecting deeply on it, I just dove into the food because I wanted that immediate comfort of straying. And of course, it was garbage food. It wasn't, I wasn't eating uh broccoli florets to make myself feel better you were getting you know, that food hard it was I, yeah yeah i i walked over to 7-eleven if anybody knows shout out to 7-eleven and you know there's that's there's a lot of suffering inside that place so it's just not good food good choices and stuff so microwave burrito it, slurpee and like that's right a burrito that's been sitting on the grill for you know 24 you know, some sort of fried that's right that's right so you know it's it's uh I'm right with you, and I hope everybody gets this point that when you're eating healthy, you you, f- you feel better about yourself, and you can ca- it's it, you're able to actually raise your awareness about everything else in life when you're making healthy food choices. I think, at least what I've noticed in my own life as I go down this journey myself. Because here, I I have this show called The Positivity Effect, but I'm not perfect, and I I don't expect any listeners to think I am. I'm also here on this journey with you guys as well, and and trying to improve myself. So, it's. It's important to just catch yourself though when you're in that negative state, uh, and 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 catch yourself about how you what what do you do to get out of that negative state, or how do you how do you approach it basically? You know, I think that's like the hardest thing for people. There's so much noise out there right now, uh, with whether it's related to diet, exercise, or personal development, and I think everybody's really confused about where to start. That you, you, are, you go up to your friend or you talk to a coach and they tell you that this is the solution to the path, that whatever situation you're in, this is how you have to do it. And this is going to be all your answers are in this simple six steps. And I have a cool, fun acronym for it. And I have cool terminology related to tech or basketball, sports, that's going to get you through these six steps. And then at the end of these six steps, you're going to be cured and your life is going to be perfect. And if you don't succeed, it's your fault, not mine. And I think that's it's so true. I mean, right. I mean, like you and I are in this business and I, I mean, I just got back from a conference and literally every person that was speaking at this conference by my house had some sort of catch acronym. The best one I heard was, um, I don't have FOMO, I have font. And we need to develop font. Fear of not trying. And I was like, that's the best new acronym I've ever heard. But that's not, the, that's not as a person where you're in a state of, of trying to change. And just acknowledging to yourself that you're in a place that you're not satisfied with your life. 
and whether whatever situation you're in, emotional relationships, spiritual career, physical health, you have to give yourself an understanding that it's a journey. That being kind, being kind to yourself. That's the first, you have to be kind to yourself. You have to acknowledge that when you start out on this journey, you're not going to do it perfectly. That when you see that rare individual that went from 300 pounds to 120 pounds in six months, that's a rare, that's not the norm. That's the exception. And for whatever reason, that individual is able to do that. That you have to take simple, actionable steps. And it's different for each person out there. And the secret to developing this mindful living and these healthy habits is doing things like start listening to the Positivity Effect podcast and taking one little item from this show and making it actionable and not trying to jump all in. I hear this all the time where people are like, I'm going to master this book and I'm going to read everything in this book and I'm going to master this book. And six months later, they're in the same place they were because they tried to take on everything in somebody's book, whether it's like how about like my one of my favorite books that I always give my clients is is The Miracle Morning. I think it's one of the best books to start off with. And the whole message that I tried to get across to my audience in that book is just learn to get eight hours of sleep and get up in the morning and start your day and take care of your personal needs before you take care of everything else. And if you give that little bit of time in the morning for yourself, the rest of your day will be a little bit better. And maybe... And it it compounds. And it compounds, right? And that's that's like the one thing I try to get my clients to get out of a 300-page book. One little message. I think of, you know, I I shared recently, and we just talked about it on this episode, talking about food, and I shared with the audience a few episodes ago how I'm living more of a a, a non-meat product type uh, lifestyle. And for me, to make that shift, it wasn't after reading a book or watching one documentary or having one conversation with a person. It's been a process of over the past five to seven years uh, where maybe I took a step in one direction or I pivoted, like you you mentioned that word pivoting. And it just kept kind of evolving to how I feel and how I view the world today. So it really is a process. I mean, if some, that's a shift that you want to make in your life and you are able to, at the drop of a hat, make that shift and not ever go back, that's that's amazing. And you said that that's that's not the norm. But the first step, and I, I, I like that you mentioned Tony Robbins because I'm a, f- a big fan of him as well. And I've been to a few of his conferences and, and it's each time you go, you pick up even more and you learn even more from him. And, and I love that phrase that he says, that progress equals happiness. If we just focus on that progress in life and we, we are, we're kind to ourselves. Like here, I, I, I talk about myself. I mentioned that I had a couple of uh, issues, you know, recently just went off the wrong path with, with eating. I can't beat myself up eternally. I have to no. just make a shift again. And yeah, and just put one foot, start eating the right way that I want. I feel that lines up with my values again and one, st- one foot in front of the other. What I tell my clients when I'm working with them and they tell me what like when we're working with, and diets usually is a lot of where people work on. They don't usually come for diet, but diet's a part of the growth. And they'll tell me, they'll do really good for a couple weeks or a couple months. And then some sort of like, obstacle or roadblock will come along their path in life and their life will get a little, you know, their foundation in life will get a little shaky and they'll start eating, going back to their old habits because that's their fallback and they haven't yet developed new habits that are stronger in foundation. And I always just tell my clients, I'm like, just dust yourself off, call it a day, and start over again where you're at and don't beat yourself up. And just keep going, moving forward. That as, yeah, what you were talking about with Tony is he talks about the six human needs, that we all have six human needs. And growth and contribution are the human needs that lead to fulfillment. That if we're not growing as an individual, then we are dying as a person. And so we need to develop this habit of continually wanting to learn and move forward. Because then when we learn, 
like you and I, like you and I are a perfect example. We spent years learning about how to improve our lives. We didn't get into this business for altruistic reasons. We're here now. We got into this business of personal development and life coaching and health coaching and helping people because we wanted to help ourselves first. And then we learned all these skills and it got to the point where we were like, to the point where people were asking us for advice that we started to help other people. And then it just turned into a natural step into contribution, which brings us fulfillment. And that's this, the human evolution of fulfilling some of your basic human needs. And when you reach that level, then true happiness, sustaining happiness starts to happen because it's no longer about what is it for me, it's about how I can help other people. But where do you start with your audience? Like how do you start if you're driving down the road and you're listening to the show and you're somewhere in your mid thirties, let's say 20, 25 to 40 or even older than 40 and you are in a state of pain and suffering. You're either overweight or you're smoking or you're in a very negative relationship with somebody in your life or your job's very negative. How do you start? Like what's the step? Like what, what, what do you do as a person? And what your audience needs to recognize is you're already taking those steps by listening to this show and acknowledge it. And just be like, I'm already on the path because you're not your problems. Whoever's listening to this show, you're not your problems. Your problems are temporary. You can overcome any obstacle in life. You have the wherewithal to listen to this show, which means you have the financial resources to have access to the internet to listen to the show. You're not having airplanes over your head bombing you like the people in Syria. You're not in the jungle of Africa being hunted down by militia. You have access mm. to these resources. So you have the ability to do whatever you want in your life. And you can either choose to start and say, you know what, what's the first step? And the simplest first step can be get eight hours of sleep a night. Drink eight glasses of water a day. Try to add a little green to every meal. Add a little vegetable, fruit or vegetable to every meal. Take a high quality multivitamin and a high quality protein shake and start there. And take some time to think and take some time for your to to get outside of your yourself and to you know to stop and think and 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 I believe in, in sitting down and writing and journaling too and everything that you just said I it comes back to that word gratitude. That's a great place to start. If if you have gratitude for the things like you said you if you're listening right now you you have the means to change your life. Uh, we all do and and it's especially if you are listening to this right now most likely you you are in a place that that you have freedom or you have free will and you're able to make decisions for yourself. And what a wonderful place to start in your mind that you have that ability to choose right now what you're going to do to feel better about something or how you're going to how you're going to view something that's going on in a situation in your life right now that that you base you have the power in your mind to do that and it that's pretty powerful when you really step back and say wow I have that power to do that you you think of somebody like Nelson Mandela who was in jail for how many years sixty years. I think Ridiculous. 40, 60, and some absurd amount of time. Absurd amount of time. And he came out and he forgave his captors. That's pretty incredible. So And then ran a country. And then ran a country. So <laughs> it's <laughs> I mean it's not like he came out and was like, I'm good guys, peace. He then came the president of South Africa. Crazy. Crazy. Right. And it's that it's it's those those inches between your ears, that stuff up in your head that if you take some time to stop and think and, and all the steps that Mike talked about and just, and just one foot in front of the other and pivoting, you're going to be in a much better place than if you feel that you're not right than you are at, currently in the moment. And it's, it's a journey. You're never going to reach this pinnacle thing. You're going to continually grow. You ask somebody even in their nineties their who you think has everything figured out and they're saying, they'll tell you that they're still growing. And I think it's just having that peace and that kindness with yourself as you continue to grow. If you ask the Dalai Lama or my guru, His Holiness Swami, who, in my opinion, are very enlightened individuals, they will say that they are continue. They they are like 
no, I don't know enough. I am still working on myself. And you'd be like, yeah, you're like, what? Come on, Dolly, Dolly, you have everything figured out, man. (laughs) And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, I'm still learning. I'm still (laughs) humble. Like, I'm still studying. Like, you know, if you talk to my guru, His Holiness Ranana Swami, you're like, you'll be, I'll be like, Maharaj, you're so brilliant. You're so smart. He's like, no. He just like, he just gives, (laughs) just looks like, no, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to learn. And he's the kindest, most enlightened person I know personally. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think, you know, like my message to your audience is, there's no point ever there's there hasn't been a point in in our entire modern society where there's so much information out there for us i know we're, we're drowning in information now drowning in information who says that i think tony says it and starving for wisdom I, it might be him i'm not sure weapons of i call it the weapons of mass distraction yep yep i did not make that up but that's what it is and we have this tendency to I was listening to, I think I was listening to uh, The Art of Charm, and there was that Paul who just came out with a book. Did you listen to that uh, podcast? I listened to The Art of Charm, but I'm, I'm not sure which episode you're talking about. It was the episode that just came out. And okay. he was a rodeo producer. He was a rodeo producer for uh, Alice Chains, and he created oh, wow. the whole uh, celebrity chef movement. And him and Jordan were talking about that nowadays – Nobody is worried about the journey. Everybody wants to be rich and famous right away. Now. That now. When, right, now. When people, they, everybody wants to be the Kardashians. That, and first of all, I didn't know who the Kardashians were until six months ago. I was at Bob's Furniture yesterday getting some furniture with my fiance, and there was this big sign that was like, get your furniture now with no financing. Get your furniture now. And I asked the guy what it was, and he was like, oh, he's like, you don't want that. He's like, you, you'll have like... Four thousand percent interest. I was like, but that's the that's the mentality, right? Everything. That's the, now. Everybody wants to be lose weight now. Everybody wants watches the shows like uh, My Big Fat Loser, and then six in it with then, and which is a br- great show, and I love what they do on uh, Biggest Loser. But what everybody thinks that's the journey. That's how I have to go. Within six weeks, you know, nine episodes, I'm gonna go from overweight to being skinny and being positive. And you don't see the amount of work that goes on in the background. Everybody wants to go from being a nobody to being famous and rich. Nobody wants to go on the journey. And and we've lost sight that it's not whether you come rich or famous. It's not whether you have six pack abs and a beautiful partner and a big home. It's you, we have to, you have to look at your life and say, it's about how I live my life today that I'm not worried about whether I have become rich and famous. I don't worry about if my business is successful or I am the president of the company. I only, I'm more worried about how I live my life and, am I, and I, if I am able to help others and by helping others, I help myself, the win-win mentality. We look at the new norm is this like crush everybody Nobody has any manners. Nobody is polite. Nobody has integrity. That although 100 years ago or 50 years ago, our society was probably just as corrupt and we're better informed, because of that better information, we think that's how we have to live. Right. That we all need to be corrupt and we all need to be selfish and we all just become famous for no va- with no value. That that's the end goal. Instead of trying to create something, the journey is the most beautiful part. You can, I can think back to my my video game days. If there was a game I play where you, where you had to maybe build a character up, if somebody came and handed me the character, it wouldn't have been any fun. I I enjoyed actually building the character. You can think of reading a, a a novel, a book that you really enjoy. If you read the first chapter and the last chapter, you would enjoy enjoyed the book, knowing knowing what happened to all the characters at the end of the book because you didn't read all the good stuff in between or if you, if somebody came to you and and maybe you're watching game of thrones and they they tell you what happened in the final episode of the show season two buddy season two finally season two don't worry i'm not <laughs> dropping any 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 clues and i read uh, the books i know what happened i've heard the books are incredible yeah they're good they're hard read though they're hard read they are they are difficult not as hard as like uh the tolkien's uh Semerillion. i won't pick that book up i heard it's like oh crazy. my god i read that I'm, I'm a closet nerd i read that one too awesome <laughs> yeah the um same thing with those shows if if if, if you're in in the middle of watching some series of shows and then maybe you're on you're scrolling on facebook and somebody gives up what happens in one of the episodes 
you don't want you want the journey of going through with the characters and why not think about that with your own life why just get to that end point the journey is the most beautiful part and that's what builds character for you and then when you when you are with that's what how you can have wonderful conversation with people is you think about your own life and your journey and and all the color, color that's within it so that's that's a great point mike it's one of the oldest teachings of yoga it comes from the bhagavad gita krishna says to arjuna when Arjuna is, is contemplating, should he fight this battle uh, in Kurukshetra? And Krishna says to, and he says to, Arjuna says to Krishna, he says, I don't want to win this battle because I don't want to kill all these people. I don't want to cause misery. I don't want to inherit a kingdom of death and destruction, that all these negative things will happen if I commit to this battle. And Krishna goes to Arjuna and says, don't worry about whether you win or lose this battle. That's already going to happen. That's predetermined. You have no choice about whether you're going to win or lose. Worry more about how you do and how you perform in battle or in life. That you are already going to have a certain amount of success in your life and a certain amount of failure. You have no choice. That's going to happen. It's about what, how you do that that matters. So whatever you're trying to aspire, whether it's to be an entrepreneur or to lose weight, the journey is what matters, not whether you're going to, you know, be a model or have a mansion or be rich and famous or create the best new great book. It's just about doing it with integrity. And that's what I love about the podcast movement, because I feel like that's what our community is about, at least today. It's about creating value and putting good content to help people become better people. We're not worried so much about becoming the next famous podcaster or, mm-hmm. or the next famous yoga teacher or coach. We want to provide value to our audience instead. And, and Mike, the first point you made when you came on the call about making, making changes to yourself first. Every time I do these episodes, I walk away. I, 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 it's, it's, it's just I love these conversations because they are so organic and it's just providing value for people. And I walk away with a lighter heart because I'm like, I'm not only I'm improving myself too. And it's, it's just a wonderful conversation always. And that's where podcasting should stay. It really should be just to, to help other people. And, and of course, other things will come when you do that and that's what's what's so beautiful about it i i feel like i'm i feel like i get i i feel like a lucky person because i get to hang out with people like you like-minded people that i get to spend time with other people on this path of spiritual awakening and mindful living and personal development that we for whatever reason are not the norm and your audience is not the norm that even you listening to this show, you are ahead of the game of everybody else out there. And when I was on my journey and I was living in my parents' basement and I was making $8 an hour cleaning yoga mats at 38 years old, going from a $200,000 a year job to making $8 an hour and being paid $10 for a yoga class in terrible place, podcasts were my best friend. And the people hosting these shows became my friends that I didn't know them personally, but I identified with them because mm-hmm. I was like, I want to be these people because they were living a life that I wanted to be. And so when I would listen to these shows like Hal's VIP success coaching and the chief of your goal, I was, wrote down that Hal Alrod will one day be my friend and one day I will know Nick and Nick will be my friend. And so when I would listen to their podcast and I'd be talking to somebody at work, I'd always be like, my friend Nick said this. <laughs> or my, and I didn't know these people. They weren't my friend, but I identified with them because I knew that I am the average of the five people I surround myself with. But let's do it a little bit different. Let's say I am the average of the five people I identify myself with in my endeavors. And have so conversation identify- with what? And have convers those. You're having a conversation with the person on the podcast that you're listening to, whether you, right. your brain is communicating with that person. Right. Exactly. So your audience is already ahead of the game, and so I want to acknowledge that with your audience. 
But I also want your audience to realize that on this journey of personal development and trying to change who you are, because that's why you're listening to this show, right? That's right. That we as a society and as people need to be aware of what information that we allow into our mind. That the music that we listen to and the TV that we watch and the books that we read and the food that we eat, that is who we become. And that has to be one of the most important things that your audience should absorb today. That, what? I was going to yeah, say, mic, mic drop right there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and when I, that, so if you listen to music that is negative, you're going to be negative. So be mindful of the music that you listen to. And when you get home from work and you're tired and you want to watch TV, think about the television shows that are, are they adding value to your life or are they just there to, to waste time, to suck out your energy and to just fill a void? There's nothing wrong with watching good television. I love season two of Game of Thrones. And I use it for entertainment. That's right. As value, mm-hmm. to relax. It's just like going to the theater. So I don't go to the theater every night. I use it to relax as entertainment like going to the theater. And it's the same thing with the food I eat and what I read, and that is who I become, and it's also who I surround myself with. So true. The the music one is has definitely been very uh, on my radar the last couple of years because it's funny. You, you as you start to have this more of this awakening in your life, maybe you go back and you listen to a song that you love, maybe because of the actual the tune you like the the way that the drums are in the song whatever whatever the case but then you start hearing the words and you're like oh like i i listen to this song like it's so negative and you, and it's just like the chorus keeps coming and it's just driving into your brain these 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 negative thoughts and and you have to turn it off cuz you're like i just can't i can't listen to it anymore even though it's such a good song you're like i can't and it's uh it's it, the music one is powerful because music is woven into our our lives in such a a, a emotionally in deep way so i'm glad that you brought that up it's that subcon that music that subcon that's why music is so powerful is that subconscious level because it you constantly are listening to it and it just gets in i listen to some of my cut my nephew's music and all it is is consume 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 it's like it's not about live it's all that's all that their music is that they're listening to it's all this like team team pop music it's all this like let me just be a selfish individual, consume everything I can in life, not care about how I live, consume my relationships, consume television, consume clothing and drugs. And it's like, then you become that. Then you live like that. And then you sit there and you go, why am I all upset and sad and unhappy? Yeah. And you have to be conscious of all this information being put into our brain. And, we have to, and so we have to be careful of it. And as spiritual warriors, we have to be ever vigilant. 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 Is that the word? Vigilant. 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 You can edit out my stutter in there if you want to leave it in. Vigilant. I heard it. I was like, wait, it sounds right. Um, no, that's I'm so dyslexic. true. I'm dyslexic and I have ADHD. And when I was in second grade, my teacher told me I was dumb. And um, so, yeah, literally my second grade public school teacher told me I was stupid. And so sometimes I have problems with words and I can't get them out because of the, the dyslexia. I, I do the same. I, I, think I, I think too fast and my lips don't have time to catch up. I do this. I don't know if that's the same thing, but I, I'll like think something and it just comes out like <laughs> it just You might have my out. skill. I call it hyper focus ability. Yes. That, that, I like the sound of that. It's actually very yeah. good. The, the, negative, the negative description is ADD or ADHD. I like to call it hyper-focusability. Hyper-focus. I'm going to be using that now. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't invent that one. That came from Peter Shankman. Peter Shankman. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, when he said that, the first time I heard that, it clicked. On, uh, I was just like, because it's a, it's a way to look at my, it's, it's, that's this, let's go back to that one more time to your audience. I have attention deficit hyperactive disorder and dyslexia. My second grade teacher told me I was stupid because of my dyslexia because it was the 80s and they didn't know dys- what dyslexia was. Remember they had the PSAs for the, anybody that's my age? Yeah, they had cra- – yeah, just 
so poorly approached. And I had my my sixth grade teacher told me I would never graduate high school. My junior year high school teacher told me I would never graduate college. Did all those things and more. I can look at these things and identify with them. I could say, oh, I have ADHD. I can't accomplish anything in life. I have a disorder. Or, or I can look at it and say, I have hyper focus ability. That means so that's my strength. I can focus for really well for a short period of time better than most people. So then I got to take that strength and use it to my ability and live with purpose that way. So for me, what I do, because I have hyper focus ability, every, I, when I work, I set an alarm clock on my cell phone to go off every 30 minutes. And then I get up, I do a set of 100 push-ups, 10 pull-ups, or no, no, 80 push-ups, 180 sit-ups, 10 pull-ups, 10 dips, and then I go back to work. And I do that That's all day awesome. long. Right, right. And I got that from another radio show that somebody said that and I was like, I'm gonna do that. Cause I thought it was brilliant. And, and I, but I didn't start out at 100 sit-ups or 180 sit-ups and 60 push-ups. I started out with 10. When I first started this, I was like, what? Yeah, it's funny. Dude. It's funny you mentioned this because I, I, I like my goal now. It's one of my random goals is I want to be able to do a split. And I literally started stretching last night and I was able to like, like I was sitting down my legs in a V. It, it was probably, they were like two feet apart. Like, <laughs> so that's it. Day one, guys, two feet apart. Eventually you guys come back, make sure you're still listening in like six months. Maybe, maybe I'll be at the you full want, split. You want to be like that subway guy that does the splits in the, on Vimo? Yes. He pops up in my Facebook feed every once in a while. I, I don't do know why thing. people. What? I want to do the full. That's it. Full. Full. I don't. I, I appreciate the full, but I don't know why he has such a big following. All he does is do a split in the subway. I'm like, <laughs> I don't get it. I, I appreciate. I appreciate his success, and God bless him. But I'm always like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what I was gonna. But I. But I just wanted like like what just tell your audience like remember slow like what what Thomas is saying slow increment steps. Start out small. Know your strengths. Know your abilities and use them to your advantage. Don't sit there and compare yourself to others. So if you're like me and you have hyper-focus ability, figure out the things that will work for you. If you have – you're good at whatever it is. I'm just, I just know me That's it. when it comes to that. Mike, this has been absolutely awesome. Great conversation. I want to ask you one last question before we yeah, go. Yeah, brother. If you were suddenly at the end of your life and you were reflecting on everything you've done, you've been through, you've been creating, what kind of impact would you want to be remembered for? I think it changes. I haven't, I've been asked that question a couple of times and it changes every once in a while. I think the impact I want to have in this world is a person that helps people and has created a place where people can go to study yoga, spirituality, and mindful living in a safe and authentic environment. That is my my ultimate goal is to create a learning center or ashram in Pennsylvania, outside of Bethlehem, Eastern Pennsylvania, that people, that as a legacy, that people can spend the next 500 years going there to develop healthy habits and mindful living. That's and I awesome. want to remember. I want to be remembered as a guy that creates that. That's awesome. That's what I'm working. That's my. That's my like ultimate vision goal that I'm working towards. That's awesome, Mike, Makunda. Thank you so much, Makunda. Makunda. I said with the arm. See, Makunda. I put. I mixed Makunda and Chandra. See, I put the two together. Thank you so much. You know much. the Lion King, Akuna Matata. Akuna Matata. Makunda. Makunda. Thank you so much for coming on. And guys, head over to yourwellnessyogi.com/slash positivity and you're going to get that free life-changing goal-setting workbook to create a meaningful life and achieve your dream your dreams and it's it's help helping you create a smart goal so guys definitely check it out mike thank you so much for coming on and what's also the best way for anybody that's listening to reach out for you to you they can either go to my website and they can sign up and they can get that free workbook and they'll be able to get my email address from there they can find me on facebook at your wellness yogi um, those are my two best places that I reside. Email is always best at mukunda at yourwellnessyogi.com. 
I don't have a Twitter account. I haven't figured out how to use a Twitter account effectively. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I've been I've I've been in real uh, marketing for ten years, and I never really understood the value of like you know Twitter. I know people love it and swear by it. I know people <laughs> swear by Snapchat. I'm just focusing on Instagram, Facebook, and my own email uh, platform and podcast. Sometimes radio. simpler is better. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Mike, thank you so much for coming on. It's uh, It's been a pleasure. Take care. Thomas, thank you. Talk to you soon. Take care. All right, brother. Thanks.